there it is. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Badland Girls. I'm Rhea. And I'm Destiny. And how are you this week, Destiny? I'm all right. I uh, had a long week, but what's getting me through is this Mike Flanagan show, Midnight Mass. Mm. You mentioned this last time. Did you, you finished it then? I haven't finished it, but I am three episodes away from finishing it, and I don't know where it's going. I love it so much. It's so cool. So is it about a vampire? I don't even... I guess... Okay, so I didn't know anything about it going in, so I feel like it to answer that would spoil something, but I guess I it's probably not a spoiler, huh? No, I've heard this before the, the show even came out, so... Oh, okay. Yes, it is about vampires. Oh, see, now I need to watch it. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's it's really fucking good. It's about this, like, small town. And, I yeah, I did talk about it last time. And the, the, the priest, he's got, you know, a secret. And uh, just how, I don't know how they're going to, like, the way that they're just, <laughs> okay, I need to calm down. I'm getting excited. Um... <laughs> no, I love when you get excited. <laughs> I know, but I can't talk, and that makes for bad podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is it has this, like, emotional core that I find very, like, appealing and just really soothing in the midst of being also this, like, ridiculous vampire story. Hmm. See, that's the kind of shit that I'm looking for right now. Yeah, I think you'd really like it. Like, it's weirdly, uh, to steal a word from uh, my roommate, it's a very poignant sort of uh, show, but it's also, like, it's just full of, like, blood and hilarious moments of people showing their ass. Not literally, but just, uh, it, it sort of, it doesn't really mock religious people, but the characters in it are very religious, and the way that they like have uh their perspective on everything that's going on is like super interesting to me it's it's not what i would have expected from a tv show Mm, that sounds fascinating uh this is the same showrunner who did uh haunting of hill house and blind manor correct correct mike flanagan yeah they also did a prequel to the ouija movie that I heard was far superior to the Ouija movie that we saw a few years ago. I was about to say, that movie was hot garbage, but if his name's attached, <laughs> I, it was I fun. am involved. I, I thought that movie was so terrible. <laughs> Just god-awful. Just, ugh. Well, how's your week been? My week has uh, been a lot better than last week. I am on, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, or maybe I didn't, but I'm on two new medications, and I'm adjusting to them pretty well. Uh, I'm still having some troubles uh, with intrusive thoughts, and really, one of the things I'm really struggling with right now, which is very bizarre to me, is I'm struggling to be alone, uh, which is so bizarre to me because I I usually crave my alone time I love silence and just like reading alone and and now I'm just like I I'm having a real struggle being alone so when I went went, oh go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say, when you have intrusive thoughts, I think that makes it hard to be alone. Like, you want to be around something that's people, something distracting, so that you aren't yeah. being left alone with your thoughts. At least that's how that's it exactly for me. Yeah, see, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's what it is. So I'm still dealing with kind of intrusive thoughts. Um, but not nearly, I'm not crying every day anymore, which is a huge step up from the last couple of weeks. Uh, I did, um, I know I mentioned this in the last episode too, um, I did decide to give up on getting BTS tickets in Los Angeles just because I wasn't selected for either of the pre-sales and reading the Reddit thread of people struggling with Ticketmaster, with the, with the, um, uh, errors, the error, the app errors, and just, you know, fighting over these seats I just, it wasn't really helping my current mental state. So I just decided, I'm like, I'm not going to go. I hope that this yeah. is a test run. Yeah. I hope that this is a test run for a 2022 stadium tour. And if they do do that and have more dates spread across the United States, I will try and go to LA then. Because I, I do realize that there is a part of me that really wants to go to LA and see my relatives that I haven't seen for decades now. And um, I think that'll be good for me on multiple levels when I was kind of vision planning this trip, uh, like imagining this trip. I was like, I was excited to see BTS, but I was more excited to just see my my relatives. And uh, that really put things kind of in perspective for me about like what I want out of a vacation in the near future. And uh yeah, it, it's not that big of a deal because in addition to these four um, Los Angeles states are doing, uh, there are also, um, they're doing a, a live stream of from Korea of the show, of the exact same show. So I just bought a ticket to that and I'll watch it at oh, 1.30 in the morning on my computer. <laughs> I bet that uh, was so much cheaper. <laughs> oh, yes. It was like... It was like $30 cheaper than the cheapest ticket to go see BTS in LA. And like one of the things that was giving me anxiety and also just like showing me like how many, the, just the kind of like this, the sheer kind of bananas-ness of this whole experience was. The sheer bananity. But yes, thank you. The sheer (laughs) bananity (laughs) of this whole experience there are people like flying in from the U- U- from the UK to see wow. the show. I, I am just like, how can I compete with that? Like, that's just so. You gotta have some somebody, mucho uh, was, bucks. Yeah, like there were so many people that said they bought tickets for all four days, and I'm like, why? It's the same show every every day. I I don't think they're gonna change the show every day. I, <laughs> I just, nice. um, but I just like, you know, the kind of rampant consumerism and also just the, the sheer scope of it in just such a, a, like a, like a, a small window of time to go see them. I'm just like, this doesn't sound like it'd be fun. Like, and also I, I'm not rich or wealthy by any means, but I had a pretty good chunk of money stashed away for this show to get me seats in like the middle bowl front row. And all the seats I saw that were left were back row at the very tip top of the stadium. 
I'm not going to travel to Los Angeles for a for a ticket like that. No, I just not worth I it. Yeah. It just uh, and also like I mean I'm sure any seat would be fine, but I'm just like I had the budget like set out for this show, but it's not that like I said, it all worked out and actually after I stopped looking uh for tickets and kind of uh like frantically looking through this Reddit thread and seeing everyone's woes and wins, I think it's a good idea I didn't do it because now I am unplugged from that and I feel a lot lighter already. And I'm excited <laughs> to watch this live stream at one thirty in the morning with when my dad who said he'd stay up and watch it. <laughs> That's so sweet. What uh what day is the live stream? It is October 24th, which is a Sunday, and it's 3.30 p.m. Korean time, which I looked online is 1.30 a.m. Central time. So that's no, it's not terrible. I'll just take a nap during the day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. That sounds fun. Yeah. I hope yeah. it's fun. Yeah, I hope so, too. I just, uh, like I said, there was just a lot. I just, I couldn't torture my poor brain anymore with that kind of anxiety. It was just, it just wasn't good for me. Yeah, so. I think you did the right thing. I, um, I'm i glad you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, I'm really trying to. Uh, my dad, actually, before we get into our regulars, I'd like to do a quick recommendation. But my dad sent me a, a video by um, political commentator Katie Halper. Uh, Katie Halper is one of my favorite political commentators on the left. She has a podcast with Matt Taibbi called uh, Useful Idiots, and she has her own show that she does on YouTube. Uh, I'm very leftist kind of uh, political commentary, which I enjoy, and the only thing I'll watch, in fact, in this episode I'm about to talk about, she said, Bernie is about as right-wing as we'll go, which I thought was a great way <laughs> of defining my political leanings these days. <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, in August, she did a self-care series where um, she decided to interview multiple self-care experts um, on ways to take care of yourself in these pandemic times and just stressful times. And uh, the one I watched was uh, with a, um, a therapist who mostly works with young adults, and she had some breathing exercises that really helped me. And I'm planning on watching the rest of the videos in her series, but it was just so great to see um, like a prominent leftist in the leftist media community, like really championing self-care. She calls this special self-care for all because she wants it to make it more accessible to people uh, who don't have the money or means to uh, get, you know, kind of practice these self-care routines. And so I really liked it and I'm excited to watch more, but... I'll link the videos in our um, on our page uh, at, when I push this episode out. But yeah, that really helped me a lot. I'm glad. I um, definitely have employed breathing exercises for my own anxiety. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I have a mixed experience with it, but I still like try to mm. keep up with meditation and those sort of things because I'm like, I want to see benefits. Yeah, it's same. I'm just, uh, I want my doctor, when I went to go see her, she said, she mentioned, you know, I need to have like a toolbox of, of, uh, of coping mechanisms to help me with my anxiety. So, you know, because as we talked about before, you know, like a pill is not like a magic bullet that can no. fix your anxiety. 
And so I really wanted to make sure that I had more stuff in my toolbox that to help me with my anxiety when I was having a bad day or bad moments. So I'm looking into a lot of different stuff now. Okay, cool. Oh, you'll have to keep yeah. us posted and or if you want. And uh, I will, of course. Ever, if you ever want to know what works for me, I can happy to share that. Um, off mic. Uh, been dealing with this shit for decades. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I totally understand. But do, do our regulars? Yes, oh, I no, do. Okay, sorry. I was like, did I talk over you? I'm sorry. You did not. And I would love to hear uh, what movies you've watched lately. Oh, goodness. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lead-in. What a lead-in. <laughs> well, they've just been so varied in quality. Uh, so I've been watching a movie every day, uh, a horror movie every day for the month of October. Mm. And so far I have watched nine films because I watched one right before we recorded Awesome. Uh, and as we're recording this, it is October 9th. Um, so uh, I guess I'll start. I'll just do like a slight uh, one sentence review of everything I've watched so far. How about that? And then that sounds perfect. Okay. Okay. And then I'll, I'll stop with the last movie I've watched and kind of go deeper into that one. Okay. So number one, Messiah of Evil. Uh, this was technically part of the Elvira special um, that Shudder aired. This movie was so boring. That's my one sentence <laughs> review. This movie was so boring. <laughs> With a title like Messiah of Evil, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be really cool. No, it was so, I was so bored. I barely <laughs> could watch it. Uh, no. Two. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Two. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, George Romero's Amusement Park, which I, I, I believe I talked about last time we recorded. Uh, you did. Strange, strange movie. My one sentence review is... Um, I learned a lot about elder abuse. <laughs> and if you don't get why that's funny, just watch the movie and uh, listen to the last episode, uh, most recent episode. Um, sorry, I'm three. Sorry. Oh, no, you're okay. You're okay. Basket Case. Uh, I just didn't like this movie very much. I know you said you really liked it. Uh, it was mm-hmm. fun to watch in the shadow of Malignant because they're both about killer... Uh, separated twins, conjoined, formerly conjoined twins. Uh, my a one side note, review. my dad... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my no, dad no, does have a model. Uh, really? My dad does have a model of Belial. So. Of course he does. <laughs> That's great. Okay, your one um, sentence review. My one sentence review is New York in the 80s is just as cool as New York in the 70s. Um, uh, this movie was a great example of that. Yes, yes. Um, which um, I don't know if people know this. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so sorry, I have to grab the book. Okay, so there was this <laughs> book, Destiny. I know that we talked about this a few episodes ago about our love of New York being shitty in the seventies and eighties. And a great yeah. book that shows this is uh, Chris Stein's book called Point of View subtitled Me, New York City, and the Punk Scene. And Chris Stein is one of the members of Blondie. And so it's just photos of him living in New York during that time period. And it is the best fucking thing on the planet. I love it so much. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was about to say was I'm pretty sure my favorite genre of movies, like, or my favorite movie setting is just New York City in the 70s or 80s. Like, I'm pretty sure. Yes, exactly. Thank you for the book recommendation. I'm going to have to check that out. Of um, course. My favorite bit in the book is he had a, a creepy statue of um, the Virgin Mary with like these like th- they followed you eyes and Didi Ramon was so scared of it that he that he scratched its eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh boy. That was okay. pretty creepy. Um oh and the Criterion <laughs> Channel is doing a special on New York City right now, so they actually have like quite a few movies uh from the seventies about New York or set in New York City. So I've been watching those. Um okay. So Fourth movie, the original Amityville Horror. I think this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It might be one of the best movies I've watched for uh, this project so far. Uh, with the except, or excuse me, uh, the next movie I'm going to talk about is also in the running for best movie I've watched so far. Uh, my one review, one one sentence review of Amityville is: uh, <laughs> Satan is pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be just... hard to choose a title for this episode. It's so, so, so many good ones. <laughs> I'm just doing these off the top of my head. I should have pre-written them because they would actually be funny. Um, Amityville was uh, really good. It's it's about this family. They move into this house. The prior occupants were murdered horribly. And the house is sending out evil vibes and doing weird things to priests and nuns and uh, the people that live there. It's this family. It's Margot Kidder. James Brolin and their three children and uh James Brolin is a really weird actor he's just very like I don't know his, his choices are weird so I I just felt like Margot Kiddo Mar- Margot Kidder was doing like I'm just a housewife and uh it's the 70s and I'm just gonna play it cool and he's just like simmering the whole movie and it's very funny <laughs> Um, which is kind of the point, but he's like doing it the whole movie before the creepy stuff even happens. So it's kind of weird. Um, the next movie I Did watched. Did you see the, the uh, trailer oh, for Licorice Pizza? No. Uh, I don't even know what um, this is. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. Is that the guy who did Boogie Nights? Oh, uh, it's, it's, uh, yes, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie. I have not seen the trailer yet. That's exciting. I love him. Yeah, it looks really good, and Bradley Cooper in it is in it playing, I think, a very weird version of James Brolin in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love his movies. Oh, Boogie Nights is like almost a biblical text to me. Um. <laughs> Boogie Nights is excellent. I saw that yeah. for the first time at one of Destiny's birthdays, and it changed my fucking life, man. People always think Boogie Nights, oh, the porn movie? And it's like, no, that's a movie about family. Yes, yes, 100% agree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, so gonna watch that. Um, the fifth movie I watched on the fifth day of October was a Japanese film called One Cut of the Dead, which was phenomenal. It's about this film crew working on this project that's a zombie movie about a film crew being attacked by zombies while they're filming a thing about zombies. Uh, and it's all in one take. And then the movie kind of just goes in these really twisty directions from there. It's super cool. I really liked it. I've um, heard of this. I'm going to check it out. Oh, you should. It's on Shudder. It's 
fantastic. Okay. Uh, then I then I watched A Bay of Blood, which I believe is that Mario Bava. It sounds like it, to be honest with you. Okay, uh, I'm gonna Google really quick. I I just wrote down titles. Sure, sure. Um, Bay of Blood, 1971, Mario Bava. Yeah, I uh, see. This is a movie that I watched. My one word review is: I don't think I like Jello movies. <laughs> Destiny said this on Twitter and I got real sad. <laughs> because I thought I liked them. It made me sad too. I was like, I like Suspiria. I like Stage Fright. I like a lot of movies uh, that say, that have like a Jalo vibe. But when I actually sit down to watch a Jalo, I'm usually quite bored. <laughs> There's a, like some glamorous moments and some great images. But overall, I'm just like, this movie could be 30 minutes shorter. Uh, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, there were some nice shots in this movie, uh, but the twists and turns and the ending, oh my god, just eye rolls to the skies. Oh, um, man. <laughs> sorry. That sucks. I hate when a movie ends like that. Yeah, yeah, just just eye roll Um Number seven, an old favorite, because I decided to mix old favorites uh, with uh, things that I haven't seen before. This is the first that I've watched this month that is an old favorite. Uh, The Return of the Living Dead, the Dan O'Bannon film. Fuck yes. Yeah, holds up, still slaps, still hilarious. Uh, Known for being the movie that uh, has the zombies that actually say brains. Mm -hmm. And, and, oh, I love it, but part where they have the zombie on the slab and she's like the pain of being dead oh so good so yes. chilling uh i dropped my one sentence review. The, ha- uh, the doctor says afterwards always makes me and my dad laugh it's like hurts to be dead <laughs> <laughs> i like send more cops oh that's uh, all awesome. that's a classic line it also was so very good. punk which is something i appreciate in my as i got older yeah, they just follow a group of punks. They're like all like each of them represents like a different genre of punk. It looks like and mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a ska guy and like you got the, like the really serious political punk guy. And then you got the girl that just likes death and taking off her clothes. And then the kind of pop punk girl. I don't know. That's how I like to think of the characters in that movie. Um, what's my one sentence review? My one sentence review for Return of the Living Dead still slaps. Yes, still slaps. I watched it recently. My dad's favorite scene in that whole movie is when they uh, let out that cadaver from the room and it attacks Clue Gallagher and the way he's chastising those two guys for being chicken. He's like, be a man, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part's a, there's a There's a guy on TikTok that reminds me of that line that does these videos. They're like, be a man, keep it inside of you until it turns into a rotting poison. <laughs> like, and that's just what he's- <laughs> Those are just the t- type of videos he does. Like, the, the slogan is always be a man and then something really emotionally unhealthy. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's like this old Love guy. Love it. Uh, the eighth movie I watched, The Manor, uh, which is an all-new movie that Amazon just put out, starring Barbara Hershey playing a character three years younger than her actual self, which I thought was cool as shit. It's essentially about yes. this uh, grandmother who... Uh, <laughs> has this this isn't funny she has a stroke she gets moved into one of those homes 
and something is killing off the people in the homes and she discovers the manor's awful secret and uh with the help of her devoted grandson and my one sentence movie review uh of this is this movie is just about a goth boy who loves his grandma so much he would do anything for her and i can relate oh <laughs> it I was like that. It, gave, it gave me a lot of grandma feelings this movie's so good uh it doesn't oh. like it has a little bit of commentary about how like we infantilize the elderly um but overall it's just this really fun uh sort of uh look at just spooky things and the relationship between grandparents and their grandkids and aging and i don't know i really liked it so i recommend that uh that that's in the best pile uh, another one, which was the movie I watched today, which uh, is the last movie I'm going to talk about. 1988's Lair of the White Worm, directed Ooh. by Ken Russell, uh, about uh, a, a worm that existed in like Roman times underneath this town in England. And uh, these like two girls have an inn on top of the house. And they uh, have a archaeologist friend from Scotland played by Peter Capaldi who's like digging and he finds the skull and then turns out like the worm is being worshipped by this like pagan snake cult and weird things starts happening and Hugh Grant is in it, baby Hugh Grant. And it's a, it's a good time. It's completely wild. Because hmm. like pagan the snake, snake cult, that's our cult basically. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, except we don't sacrifice virgins. That's the one difference. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> we well, sacrifice was... everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's safe from us. Oh, and I guess my one sentence review of The Lair of the White Worm is, um, this movie has everything. Uh, mystic dildos, video sequences of nuns, uh, being overtaken by uh, the spirit of a satanic snake and um, Hugh Grant oh no 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 Peter Capaldi playing the bagpipes like him being Scottish <laughs> is a <laughs> to the movie like it's oh part God. of the it's the fabric of the film you couldn't have done it without it uh, so yeah that was a lot of fun thank you for your Stefan review too <laughs> anytime that's that pleases me yeah oh, shit. yeah so those are all the movies i watched uh uh well thank you I'm for gonna... taking us on a little journey through all the movies you watch i thoroughly enjoyed it oh thank you yeah by the time we record uh next time i'll have less movies to talk about since it'll be a less time between me starting the project and uh recording the episode but uh that was fun to go through <laughs> yes it was fun to listen to <laughs> thanks yeah. What, what was the last movie you watched? You said you had a couple. Yeah, I do. So I'm trying to, like, uh, there was a tweet uh, recently that I connected to. It's it's called, it was a, uh, the challenge I'm doing this month is called October. And it's where I just uh, try to get through every day of October. So <laughs> given, <laughs> given my mental health, I'm trying to be really gentle with myself. So I'm kind of like easing myself into it with some kid-friendly horror. And I've also just been reflecting on the fact, you know, that 
you know, horror was such an important part of my childhood and shaping who I am today. And so I really kind of wanted to reconnect with like, what's out there for children today to really shape the young goths of today into the horror loving nerds uh, they will become as adults. And so I watched a couple light ones. I watched the Muppets Haunted Man- Mansion special, which is basically just Gonzo and uh, Pepe, the King Prawn, going through the ha- Disney's Haunted Mansion ride, but like walking through it. There's a lot of references to the ride. There's a lot of goofy jokes from the Muppets. And uh, it's just super cute and fun. Great cameos, as always. Cute songs. And uh, if you're a fan of the Muppets and or the Haunted Mansion ride, you should check this out. I was thoroughly delighted by this movie. And then the other one I watched is a special uh, called um, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. So for those (laughs) unfamiliar with Lego uh, media properties, they're usually sillier versions of like, well-known franchises, right? Uh, They have games, TV shows, specials, movies, everything. And so this one is about Poe going to Darth Vader's abandoned castle and being told three terrifying tales from the caretaker of the castle. And they're all very silly, but the best one was the first one, which is about how uh, Ben, uh, Kylo Ren, became one of the Knights of Ren. And the whole... Uh, short is just a huge long reference to the Lost Boys, and having just watched <laughs> the Lost Boys, it it made my fucking night watching that. <laughs> that is so funny. What a strange I, choice. I know it was it like it was like a when they showed the title, it was called the Lost Boy, and they used the same font, and then it looked like it was on a VHS. And uh, I was thoroughly delighted by that. The whole special is worth watching, and it, but especially just for that little moment, which just tickled me. So, uh, yeah, I've also, I don't think I mentioned it here, um, but another, like, kid-friendly horror thing that's a way light is uh, this Disney Channel movie. called Zombies, and uh, they are musicals about a zombie who falls in love with a, a human girl and, you know, it's kind of like a zombie version of Hairspray, where they're fighting, <laughs> like, the segregation in their town. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, so, it's so cheesy, but I love a good cheesy Disney Channel movie. And the best part about it is uh, our friend Tiffany, Destiny's lo- uh, long-term friend Tiffany, her daughter is currently just enamored with this series. And it's dressing up as the main character for Halloween, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> that is pretty cute. I'm pretty excited to see photos from Halloween. But yeah, those are the last two movies I watched. Um, there is an R.L. Stein series that's dropping on Disney, I think, next Friday that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then I think there might there is a cartoon about on like a five episode cartoon on Disney that dropped about a girl befriending a ghost in her house and the ghost is voiced by master shake from aqua teen hunger force and um (laughs) i'm I'm excited to watch that and then i'm actually kind of curious i kind of want to go back and and revisit some of these like uh kid halloween staples that i never watched like some of the like i really want to watch twitches with those twin girls oh i feel like i've seen twitches and i just don't remember it yeah. It's not Tia and Tamara, is it? 
It is Tia and Tamara. Thank you. I couldn't remember their names. <laughs> okay, yeah. Tia and Tamara Mari of Sister Sister fame uh, as teen witches. I don't know if I... I think I've seen that movie and I just don't remember it. Like, it, it rings a bell in my memory. Hmm. Um, the most popular yeah, one... Watch it. Yeah. The most popular one is, of course, the many uh, installments they did of Halloween Town. Uh, I think Which Selena I've never Gomez. seen. I've seen the first one, but it was a long time ago. Are those all on Disney Plus? They are, yes. That sounds fun. I like this project of kid Halloween movies or horror movies because I need to find stuff for my nephews. Yeah, and I... hone their horror ear early. <laughs> yes, please. I think it's important because I was like, I was a mixture. I was like watching the kid Halloween stuff, but then I was also watching. You know, my dad was playing fucking basket case in the background and so i just i was watching freddy krueger as well too young (laughs) (laughs) uh i love what shaped us (laughs) (laughs) no regrets my mom always used to say like you you thought it was funny like you weren't scared of it so we let you watch it even though i was actually scared of it so Mm. i just i was scared but i also thought they were funny it was fascinating (sighs) to me yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. Shall we move on to our jam? Let's move on. All right. So now it's time for Ah, oh, Badland oh, Girl. Girl. That's, That's my, my jam. jam. Destiny, what's your jam? Um, my <laughs> jam <laughs> is a classic. Uh, Duran Duran deep cut off of their album Rio, The Chauffeur. Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's, it's got like kind of a spooky atmosphere, spooky sense. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it's about, but it's really pretty. I don't know. I just really like the song. I've been listening to a lot of um, 80s music is my comfort music. Uh, it reminds me of my childhood in a really, um, well, comforting way. So I, I think that's what I listen to the most out of everything, even though I, I used to identify as an indie fuckface musical snob. Uh, deep down, I just like 80s pop music. 80s pop music is the best. What is your favorite 80s pop song? Like, if you had to choose just one. Just one? Just one. Oh, uh, talk about your jam while I think about it. Okay, so my jam is uh, the... I haven't been listening to much music, so I'm, I've only been listening to BTS. So it is the BTS collab with Coldplay called My Universe, which is a very upbeat, cutesy Coldplay song. And uh, uh, I love it so much. It makes me so happy to listen to. And I have it stuck in my head a lot, which is I haven't, happens a lot, I've noticed, with Coldplay songs. They're very, they have very, very catchy singles. And every once in a while, I'll just start humming warning sign. And then I'll just be like, when did this get in my head? Huh? And so, and there it goes. And then it's just gone. But yes, it's very cute. They did a lot of like little behind the scenes footage of Chris Martin going to Seoul to help record the song with the band. That was very cute. Um, I love, one of the things I love about BTS is they have this like side channel where they upload videos of like their behind the scenes of their photo shoots and some stuff like that. And so they had this really nice one about Coldplay and how they all love Coldplay so much. And so it was kind of an honor meeting uh, Chris Martin in person for the first time. 
And uh, they just did one recently where they met uh, Megan Thee Stallion because she did a rap break on one of their Butter remixes. And they were just all fascinated by her dog. Like, they couldn't leave her dog <laughs> alone. Like, it was what so kind of cute. dog does she have? She has three dogs, and two are pit bulls, I think. And then one of them, four, is a French bulldog, a gray French bulldog, who's really, really Aww. cute. And she brought four with her to, to meet them in New York when they were speaking at the UN. And they just all crowded around that dog and were just spoiling him rotten. <laughs> That's funny. I have this whole thing Rhea and I were talking about before the podcast where, like, I still think of Coldplay as the same band they were, for, like, for their first two albums, which is, like, sad acoustic British music. Um, but then I also have the thing where I know that, like, they've become, you know, like, uh, they were really heavily compared to Radiohead when they came out. And it's only because Radiohead had that second album that was, like, acoustic rock. But that was the only acoustic rock Radiohead album. They've done so many albums other than that. And Coldplay has done a billion albums since those first two albums. But I just didn't listen. I didn't like uh, their third album. Like, I completely fell off when they changed their sound. Mm -hmm. So it's weird to me that, like, they're a big pop band now. Because I just don't think of them as that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh if you, it's, it's interesting to think about because I just, I never, I knew about that comparison, I don't think. So when Destiny brought it up, I'm like, really? They don't sound anything alike. They don't. Like, none of those bands that were compared to Radiohead uh, sound like Radiohead. They just kind of sound like that second album, which is called The Benz, uh, which was in 1995. And most of those bands that they were being compared to were after 1995. So Radiohead had already moved on sound-wise. So, like muse and travis and uh blur like comparing them to blur like i and i say this as both a radiohead fan and a blur fan is just you don't listen to either band if you're comparing those two because they're so different yeah (laughs) that's my musical rant (laughs) i love it are you kidding me yes (laughs) oh we should probably get into our vegan meat and potatoes unless you had um more to say about musics. Oh, oh, I didn't answer your question. Okay, yes. so my favorite 80s song, after thinking about it, uh, is off of the Purple Rain album, and it is called Computer Blue. I oh. love that song. I, it has just weird elements coming together, and I like the synths, and I like just Prince is at his peak, and it's just, it's so fucking good. Mm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Thank you. It's hard to pick just one. I have a lot of favorites. Like, I have a lot of, like, weird favorite bands that have come out of my, like, 80s listening habits. And someday we'll just have to do a music episode where we just talk about this because I could go on. Yes. uh, After October is over, we're going to do an 80s music episode because we need to, obviously. (laughs) Like, I didn't think I had a lot to say about it when I was half-assedly picking my jam, but apparently I do. Oh, man. Uh, I can't wait. But yes, our vegan meat and vegan potatoes are our favorite horror franchises. There have been many, 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 many (laughs) horror franchises. And we are going to discuss some of our favorites. And like, what is your like, like, quick thinking, like, gut reaction, favorite horror franchise? Uh, 
in all complete honesty is child's play. Wow. I wasn't expecting you to say that at all. Really? Like, not at all. Why is it child's play? (laughs) I just did, like, a quick soul search. Um, It's because it starts out as one thing, and then it becomes something so different, but in a way that is, like, inventive and funny and queer. And I just think it is fascinating. And and it's fun. It's still kind of scary. Not, like, completely scary. Like, I'm not afraid of Chucky. Yeah. But there's a lot of, like, <laughs> interesting stuff that happens with that franchise. And so it's it's uh, one of those franchises, when they rebooted it, I refused to see the reboot because I stand with that original director's vision so strongly. Mm. And I'm so glad he's getting a TV show. That's really fascinating to me. Is that going to be on Shudder or what is that going to be on? <laughs> I don't actually know. I'm really hoping it's one that I have because if it ends up being on Showtime, I'm going to have to do what I did for Twin Peaks where I subscribe just to watch it. And then when it ends, I just unsubscribe. Oh girl, I have done that many a time. So you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have no idea where that's streaming. I'm going to have to look it up after we finish recording. Uh, but what's yours? Uh, gut answer. So my my favorite horror franchise is the Hammer Dracula films with Christopher Lee. Oh, nice. I, I watched a handful of those uh, this year. And a lot of the ones I missed, you know, I've, I'd seen the, the first one, you know, the, the classic adaptation of Dracula. And then I just got, and I'd seen Dracula AD 1979 a long time ago. But so then I got do. in and I just... <laughs> and then I got in and I just watched all the ones in between and holy fucking shit do those movies fucking rule I love every single one of them they're we- weird they're wild every way he gets brought back is hysterical I just think it's just it was a franchise that I I didn't think I was going to say but it definitely is the one where I'm just like, yeah, this is it. I just really love what they what they ended up doing with uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula. It's just fascinating to me. I've and I loved watching all those movies. I've only seen a couple of them. I'm going to have to catch up. Maybe I'll watch a couple for this month. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm woefully underwatched under with Hammer. Like, I've, I've seen um, almost... My favorite oh, go one ahead. Sorry. was... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I've seen almost all their female vampire movies, with the exception of one or two, but... (laughs) Oh, dude. Those movies also rule. Yes. So, I mean, you're not... The Twins of Evil is one of them, right? Twins of Evil is great. Yes. Oh, Twins of Evil. Did we see that in the theater together? Love that movie. Yes, we did. With my dad. Oh, that's awesome. Because we are very cool. That's what we do. If, we, oh, if, it, if it weren't for a pandemic, we'd be doing that this month. Be going to movies with your dad. Oh, it's so true. Damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so my favorite, my favorite one in the, in the Dracula franchise, I believe it's called Taste of Dracula, where uh, these overly religious um, zealots, hypocritical religious zealots, kill one of Dracula's minions, and then he just gets revenge on them. It's one of the weird ones where he's kind of more of an anti-hero than anything else. Twins of Evil was like this too, where where Peter Cushing kind of played a religious uh, zealot again. And, you know, it's a little bit more murky over who's, like, is Dracula really the most evil one in here? <laughs> you know, so 
fun. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that I love vampires. Vampires are... Yes. Low-key, they shouldn't be as cool as they actually are. Like, <laughs> in, I know. on paper, a I vampire understand. sounds pathetic. But when you uh, know how to write a script, a vamp- in the right hands, a vampire can be the coolest thing. <laughs> yes. I um, rewatched the Blade trilogy uh, either this year or last year. And man, all those movies rule, first of all. And secondly, it made me realize that ever since I was a little girl, I have had a lifelong fascination with vampires. I, it just like watching those Blade movies just brought back like, oh, I've been into vampires since I was, since I saw Interview with the Vampire. And I loved Claudia because she was a little child vampire and she was creepy and I loved her. And then that just grew from like, I watched Dark Shadows, which is a 60s, 70s soap opera about a vampire. And one of the first cases we see of like a, a guilty vampire who doesn't want to suck blood. And then that just went into high school with like Queen of the Damned, with Aaliyah being Queen of the Damned. And then like, I even did a paper in high school in my medical biology class about porphyria, the disease that vampirism is based on. Oh, and I'm just like, cool. I I just couldn't believe it. There was like so many things from like my youth where I was just like, yeah, I was really into fucking vampires. And I dressed up as a vampire once. I should find that picture. <laughs> if you replace the word vampire with witch, that is literally my childhood. Love it. I liked witches too. But when I look back, I definitely gravitated more towards vampires. Like what witchy things, like what witchy things got you well, into like- it and stuff? Uh, just as a kid watching like the craft and, uh, mm. I'm trying to think what else, uh, my mom was a big charmed fan. So I'd watch charmed with her Buffy, mm-hmm. of course. Like I didn't, I, I started watching Buffy stop, like took a break, uh, when I didn't like a lot of the angel stuff happening. And then when like Willow started to come into her own as a witch, that's when I started watching Buffy again. <laughs> um, I could go on. There's so much uh practical magic uh what's that tim curry movie the worst witch (laughs) yes that is it that's it yeah uh just the fascination with the witches and the wizard of oz and the witches rolled dolls book um yeah i've always liked witches i i definitely relate to that um what's your least favorite horror franchise my least favorite. Oh, boy. This just popped into my uh, head. I don't actually know if I have an answer. Well, I, I hate to be this person. <laughs> it's okay. But it is... I don't hate me. It is probably Freddy Krueger. And that's not saying that I hate it. I just did not get into any of the sequels as much as some of my friends and other people did. I hate well, Dream Warriors. Here, I hate it. Oh. Uh, well, here's the truth about Freddy Krueger. Uh, the only thing you're wrong about is Dream Warriors, because those first <laughs> first three movies are okay. Okay, let me back up. They're not good movies. The first movie is a good movie, yes. but the second and third movie, those movies are fun. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. They're very, 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 very weird choices for sequels to a high-grossing horror franchise they're very weird choices <laughs> like some of the mm. stuff in the second movie specifically um and and that what makes and that's what makes those movies great to me 
But then every movie that comes out after that is a turd until to, until a uh, new nightmare in 1995. Really? Yeah. Cause okay. So I do remember the one in 3d and I hated that even as a child. Which one was that? Ah, uh, new night, final nightmare or something. Oh, Not you didn't nightmare. like new nightmare is perfect. Oh, Freddy. Oh, so. um, okay. I guess we're going to have Freddy's dead. Gonna... I, I think it, is it Freddy's dead? Is Fre- Freddy's <laughs> dead is... is the one with the cameo from, Roseanne and Tom Arnold. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, I gotta pull. Yeah, it. it's Freddy's oh. Dead. The final nightmare is the three D one. I like Freddy's Dead, but only because it's really campy. Okay, but but okay. If you look at the whole franchise overall, it's kind of just bullshit until. Uh. Sorry, I'm looking up all of them and I'm trying to find a proper list of all the movies so I'm not speaking out of my ass. Okay. Franchise. Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wikipedia. I need a list here. Films. Okay. Nightmare on Elm Street's mm-hmm. great. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Not great, but interesting. Very gay. Uh, the main... Uh, the the main guy from that movie uh, did a documentary about how hard it was for him as like a closeted actor to make that movie, which I have not watched, but I I want to watch. Oh, um, wow! I think Dream Warriors is so much fun. Um, my high school friends and I would all get on the phone and watch that movie as a group over and over again. Oh, I love it! Um, and what a perfect way to watch that movie on the phone. Yes, honestly, yeah. I just it just conjures up a really cute image to me. It, all in the early aughts, just one person calls another person on three-way calling, and then that person calls another person on three-way calling, and we're all just on the phone watching Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. But the Dream Master, the Dream Child, and Final Nightmare are not very good. There are things I like about Final Nightmare, Freddy's Dead, which is the um, sixth film, but it is not a good movie. Uh, New Nightmare is great. Uh, that is a return to form. Freddy vs. Jason, I even like. That 2010 remake? Get out of my house. Oh, God, that one's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's real bad. Um, the Jason remake of the same time period I thought was hilariously fun, and so I went into that Freddy thinking it was going to be hilariously fun, and it just wasn't. I didn't have fun with that Friday the 13th remake, but I didn't hate it. Mm, okay. I, I, I don't know if I would use the word fun to describe it for me personally, but I, I did find some redeeming qualities in it. At least I remember from my initial feelings when I first saw it in the theater. Oh, you know what mm. franchise I revisited that I thought I didn't like? Um, and granted, I've only seen the first two movies. But yeah, what is it? The Blair Witch uh, movies. I don't like the... F- oh my god, are you serious? I, I'm so fucking excited! I didn't like the first movie, and there are still things I don't like about it. Like, it's just too slow for me. Um, oh! But the second one is so fucking 90s that I can't even hate it. Like, it's so fun and dumb. Oh my god. We gotta go through oh, the... Oh, that's so cool. We gotta go through the... Um, fr- fr- uh, Friday the 13th movies now. Because I feel like a lot of those are turds, too. And this is like... Yes, they are. This is the franchise I was raised on. So it was my favorite franchise growing up. For sure. So, let's... Yeah, I'm willing to go through these because I also... I really like this. I like these series. But 
Um, one and two and three, I think, are all entertaining. I think two is bad, but I like it anyway. Um, <laughs> there are things about it that uh, stick out in my mind. The third movie, I have to click on the summary to even remember what happens in it. Um, oh, this is the 3D one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it's super goofy. Yeah, this one's real silly. Uh, it's it's okay. Uh, I, I, I remember laughing at it a lot young, when I was younger because it was uh, re-aired on TV in 2D but all the 3d effects were like really really obvious like here's a spear pointing out towards the camera yeah and all yeah. so that was always fun uh my mother saw that in 3d in theater as a teenager love it love it <laughs> um okay so then the fourth movie is that the one with crisper glovin crispin glover i mean <laughs> my brain yes it is it is okay yeah I, I don't think i've seen this one i think that one is really stupid but him being in it makes it stick out because <laughs> he's so memorable <laughs> yeah he's memorable but uh okay sorry i lost my list let me go back to the list okay Now, what do you think about uh, new a new beginning, the one with Tommy Jarvis? I like those Charvi- Tommy Jarvis ones. I don't know why. Mm. I could not take like it's a stupid thing to do to like make it not Jason for a little bit. It doesn't make any sense, but for some reason, I can watch those movies over and over and over. Oh, interesting! Like those are the ones that I like. I don't I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Uh, the sixth one, which is Jason Lives, is where they introduced that uh, that he's superhuman because he got struck by lightning, and it really changed the franchise for the better. And that movie is hysterically fun. Is that the one that opens like a Bond movie? In the cemetery? Uh, no, no, no. When like they reveal Jason, they do the th- like thing like he's being shot like James Bond. Um, oh, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Uh, there's I don't remember which one it is, but there's a really really campy one, like right in the middle, and I want to say it's Jason Lives. Uh, let me look at the summary really quick. Okay. Does it take place at a kids camp? It does. Yeah. Okay, that is the one I'm thinking of then. Okay. Okay. Because there's a girl reading Sartre who's like eight years old, and it's very funny. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. What about the, um, the New Blood? See, I don't remember anything about the New Blood. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, I don't remember the Psychic Girl <laughs> at I, all. I really like this one. Uh, yeah, the okay. Psychic Girl. There's, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's like a misfit crew of uh, <laughs> mental patients in this movie. <laughs> So shit! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, uh... I, I might be conflating it with another one. But yeah, there's like a misfit group of kids in this that are very funny. Um... Oh, goodness. Yeah, they start to get blurry after this one. Oh, no, no. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, which takes place on a boat. 
Not in Manhattan. It should have been Jason takes a cruise ship over. And despite how stupid it is, this movie, this is like the one I grew up with. This was the one I watched the most. (laughs) That's how I feel So it holds a very special place in my heart because of that. I think it's shit, but I I like that it's yours. Like, I like that it's the one that you grew up on. Because I think it's awful. (laughs) Just awful. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. But there's something about it that just like... Even when I watched it, it's just because it was such a staple of my childhood. I'm like, I can't hate this. I can't hate this movie. That is so funny. And I'm just like, I can't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about a big chunk of these. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell, I think, makes some interesting choices. I actually really like where that movie goes. Yes, I like that one a lot. I remember seeing that in theaters as a kid. And I, I, I watched it fairly recently and it's still very very good and entertaining to me the first time i saw it was fairly recent and i was surprised by it um jason x i really like that's the one where he's in space it's stupid as fuck jason x is perfect to me (laughs) and i saw this in theaters when i think i was 14 uh what's 2001 i was 15 and i saw it in theaters with my dad at 20 grand and still loved it that day still love it now it is so fucking ridiculous and good i don't know what it is about it love that fucking movie what about freddy versus jason which hasn't aged great but it's still kind of fun right a destiny's child member isn't it <laughs> kelly kelly rolls yeah and that that will make it perfect until the day the earth burns up into the sun exactly. because i just i just like I don't know. It, I will agree with you. It doesn't age well. But just the sheer fact that we got a a Friday the 13th Nightmare on Elm Street cinematic universe before that term even existed <laughs> makes me happy. And yeah. then it was a horror movie. You suck at Marvel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have to admit that's kind of fun. I, I resent that everything's being turned into a cinematic universe. Like they're trying to do that with Star Trek now. And I'm like, you leave it alone. You leave it alone. <laughs> Yeah, well, come on. No, don't do that. It's Star Trek. Yeah, just let it be. Don't do, let it leave be it alone. Star Trek. Um, oh, side note, the latest episode of Lower Decks floored me. It was so good. It was so I good. Was, it was like a cut above. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, it was already a good show, but this episode yeah. was like a cut above the usual. And I, It was. It is one of, like, I'm going to say it, it was one of the best Star Trek things I've ever seen. Yeah. It was so well fucking done. Yeah. I was so impressed. Oh, if you're not watching, if you care about Star Trek at all and you're not watching Lower Decks, treat yourself to some Paramount Plus and watch Lower Decks. Yes. <laughs> Lower Decks is a show that I started out, I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then it just really fucking grew on me. Yeah. And it, it starts out as just okay. Like, oh, it's cute. I chuckle here and there. And then it just gets so, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't even build on much, but it, it's still just very uh, good. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It does build on the legacy of Star Trek as an animated thing. There's a lot of animated series references in it. Um, uh, for people who don't remember the <laughs> 1970s... Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, yeah. Of the original series. Those old scientists. T.O.S. <laughs> That's oh, my man. favorite Laura Dex joke. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just the sidetrack, uh, to get sidetracked a little, uh, I feel like I could talk about so many more, we've already gone over an hour and I still have horror franchises I want to talk about. So do you want to like talk about this some more in next week's episode? Yes, let's, because there's a couple I want to talk about, um, 
And there's a few more I want to talk about that I kind of uh, dismissed when I was younger, but appreciate now that I'm older. And I also want to talk about some that I want to get into that I have not seen. Ooh, I have a couple of those too. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to put a pin in this because this was a fun conversation about about horror franchises because there are so many and it's like such a wonderful, it was such a wonderful time period of like the 70s, 80s, 90s, where just like every horror film just did well enough to just garner multiple, multiple sequels. And some of them didn't do well and still had horrible sequels. Yes, I know. And then just like, it's just... It's fascinating. It's fascinating to look at this because if you think about it, like horror movies are like one of the the one of the first kind of cinematic experiences that had like five plus movies in a series. Like this is pre like Marvel shit. This is pre like Lord of the Rings shit. Like if you wanted to see more than a trilogy of a movie, you went to a fucking horror movie and you you rolled the dice on that. But I'm just like but but I mean, yeah, it's I have, fascinating to think about. <laughs> I have so many favorites that I haven't even mentioned yet. So we will definitely be like continuing this conversation. Um, yes. If you have your own favorite horror franchises that you want to talk about, write in. We want to hear from you. Yes, please. Uh, Battling Girls. Uh, at- Battling Girls. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Battling Girls at gmail.com. No worries. Yep. Uh, if you have questions and that you want to ask a witch, because we want to do like a little Q&A, ask a witch thing, uh, mm-hmm. right into battlinggirls at gmail.com. If you have any yep. spooky book recommendations, write in to battlinggirls at gmail.com. Yeah. If you don't have any of those things and you just want to say hi and let us know how you're doing and what movies you're watching to stay spooky this season, during spooky season, write into battlinggirls mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Please. Now you have no yeah. excuse. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, you can find us on the Abnormal Mapping Network at abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. And check out the the dozens of different podcasts on that network. There are so many that are so good. And thank you to M and Jackson for having us as part of your network. Very much appreciated. And uh, Destiny is on another podcast that's part of the Abnormal Mapping Network called Repertory Screenings. And you said you do it bi-monthly. So is the movie that you're watching still the same or is yes, it different now? Yes, it's still the same. Uh, we're going to do Jacques Tati's Playtime. We just okay, talked about right. Waiting to Exhale. If you want more of Em and Jackson talking about movies <laughs> and you have some extra money, they have this movie uh, podcast on their Patreon tier called Blockbusters, and they just talked about Rain Man, and it is one of the best movie discussions I've ever heard. Really? I That sounds fascinating. Yeah. I would love to hear them talk about Rain Man. Yeah, it was <laughs> great. Like, there's all kinds of things they touch on, and some of it having nothing to do with Rain Man, but it was still, like, really good stuff. Um, So shout mm-hmm. out to both of them. Uh, Oh, and I also wanted to say, if you're hankering for some classic battling girls, BatmanGirls.com has our entire, like, I consider this our second season of uh, our mm-hmm. normal mapping phase. This is our second season. So if you want first season, me and Rhea way back in, fuck, what year did we start that podcast? This podcast. 2012. 2012. 2012. So if you want episodes dating back to 2012 and you want to, st- I think our very first episode is called Women in Danger and it is about horror films. So I, That is exactly right. And I'm sure our opinions have evolved since then. So if you want to listen to yes. some classic opinions that may have changed, <laughs> check out our archive <laughs> at babblinggirls.com. 
please. Oh my goodness. That was when we could meet in person. Yeah, I miss that. I miss that something too. <laughs> God. Uh, but until next time. Always pizza always rolls. Always pizza rolls. Woohoo!